The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Welcome to The Spangler Show. I'm your host, Mafe Salazar. In this podcast, I'm walking you through the struggles of being an immigrant and having to live your life in two or more languages. This podcast covers real stories of real people. Thank you so much for tuning in. So let's get started and I hope you enjoy your time with me. Hello, everyone. I am your host, Mafe, and welcome again to another episode of The Spangler Show. So, I ghosted you last week, (laughs) and here's the thing, like, I had an episode recorded and ready to go, it was actually, like, scheduled to be published, uploaded, everything was good to go, but at the last minute, I held releasing it, because, um, you know why, like, I know that I'm always saying that this platform, um, I created this platform because... I love podcasting because you can basically say whatever you want without being censored. And while all of that is true, I was also going to talk about something that is like super sensitive and like complex. So my episode was going to basically be about um, the whole like cancel candidate situation and residential schools and all that. So even though I did a lot of research, I don't really feel comfortable about um, talking about it so and I also felt like that it wasn't really my place to be um, talking about it so I think I'm just going to revisit this topic when I can bring on someone that can actually educate not only me but also you guys because at the end of the day that's why I created this platform to raise awareness and educate and just tell people stories so it was not my story to tell and I will for sure uh, bring someone um, to tell you that story so with that said, I am back, <laughs> um, and I know this was supposed to be released yesterday, but I am back today with a new episode, and on today's episode, I am joined by Brenda Venegas, um, and she is a powerhouse Latina. She is a life and health mentor, and she is the creator of Her Society by B, which is a community for powerful Latinas who want to have a next level success in health wealth and relationships just by tapping into um their feminine energy or just by leaning into their feminine power so um this episode is absolutely packed with information we go down memory lane and we just talk about her experience growing up as a latina in the united states how her heritage uh, uh, inspired her to help latinas tap and lean into their feminine power and so much more so I cannot wait for you guys to hear this amazing conversation, and I believe that it ties so 
well with uh, the last episode. So just remember to follow if you're listening to us on Spotify and make sure you subscribe, rate, and leave a review if you're listening to us on Apple. And again, if you have any requests or comments, please make sure that you DM me on Instagram at Salazar. But you already know where you find all the information and all the contact, um, all the ways that you can connect with me. So without further ado, here it is, Brenda Venegas from Her Society by V. Welcome to the show, Brenda. How are you today? I'm so happy to have you here. I am doing well and I'm so excited to be here as well. Awesome. Um, so let's just start with a little bit of story. Um, I know you mentioned that both of your parents are from El Salvador and you were born in LA. So I want to know, um, how was it growing up in the United States with a Latin family? Oh, I love this. Story. I actually was just sharing this story with a friend, but both of my parents are Salvadorian and they came to the U.S. very young. I think my mom might've been in her mid twenties. My dad was like 17 years old. And they met, they married, and then I was born a year later. And so growing up in America was very interesting because I did not realize that I came from an immigrant family initially. I knew that I spoke Spanish. So, you know, obviously the ages one through four, I was speaking Spanish and it was awesome. I couldn't wait to go to school. So excited for, for school to start. But then I remember the day that I actually went and I didn't speak any English is when I realized, wait, <laughs> why can't I talk to these people? <laughs> and I would say something and people would just look at me. And I remember feeling terrified, like as if I was not human in that way. Like, am I something else? I didn't get it. And so this was my preschool. And I remember begging my dad not to leave. And I clung onto his leg. I remember he was walking out of the gate and I was clinging onto his leg. And he was like, you're going to be okay. And so my school was on a big, busy road. And I do remember sitting on a bench and there was a play area in front. And I vividly remember seeing my dad was a messenger. He used to work at the airport. So he would commute back and forth to different locations. And I vividly remember seeing his van drive back and forth, not coming into the school, but I, I guess he was checking to see that I was okay. And I would just sit there and watch. And I remember the first phrase that I learned was, can I use the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> I asked my mom, you know, and they, they spoke very choppy English, but I knew that they knew something. And so my mom taught me and I was like, okay. And I, from there, I don't remember you know, vividly how I started to develop the language, but I mean, it was preschool. So obviously we're learning sounds and phonics, et cetera. But I do remember at that moment realizing there was a difference. I still did not realize what Im immigrants are or what, you know, language barriers are. I had no idea. My parents never really pinpointed or, or discussed, you know, we don't speak English or this is not our first language. Anytime anybody asked, I would just say English was my first language. I never said Spanish was my first language. Oh, and so you know, now in retrospect, I get it. I understand it was like, it's a defense. It's a survival mode. It's a, you know, you're American, you're American. And so all that was good and great. After that, I didn't really notice a lot of difference between me and other people. Um, but I do remember my parents at home being very cultured and very Salvadorian, like with foods and family and, you know, just embracing the culture. We'd go visit all the time. But there was a clear distinction that, you know, at school, you're American and at home, we're Salvadorian. And so I knew not to really mix the two. 
And so I didn't really grow up saying, you know, oh, I'm Latina. Not until I got older, way older, did I start to really embrace it. But it was never like a topic per se. Yeah. Wow, that that is so interesting because, well, for me, I obviously knew coming here that I was different and that I was an immigrant and, you know, like all of these things. Um, but hearing it from your perspective that you couldn't, or not that you couldn't, but that you wouldn't mix the two, mm-hmm. it's just very, very interesting mm-hmm. um, because now if someone asks you, like, what do you consider your first language? Is it Spanish or English? I... I always want to say Spanish because that's really what it was but my inclination is always to say English English because that's what was you know ingrained that it does that is so interesting yeah and so now you have that experience of your own and now you have a daughter right so mm-hmm. what's the language that you that you use at home do you speak English with her or do you speak Spanish at home are you trying to replicate like what your parents did like only Spanish at home and then English like everywhere else or and I also know that LA is um is such a like a Spanish like dominant speaking um Mm -hmm. um play so that's like really really interesting to know like how you're like how basically like how you're raising your daughters right so there was a lot of great things that my parents did obviously when parents come to when people come to America it's obviously for the opportunity yeah. And so that was, that was a big deal for us. College was a must. I never thought that I wouldn't go to college. I always just knew that it was going to be what, what my path was. And so they, I went to private school from kindergarten through eighth grade. And then I went to a regular big public. And then I went to Pepperdine, which is another private university. I just knew that this was my path. And so this is why they were so big on the American culture, they felt very grateful. They felt very like, we've got the opportunity. My parents became citizens in the eighties when there was an amnesty, I think it was Ronald Reagan. And so they just are just grateful. And they felt like take advantage of all the opportunities. And so I grew up that way. And so it's very similar with my daughter. Um, Obviously her, every generation, and I'm a teacher as well. And so I teach this to my kids all the time. Every generation lays a brick. The first family that comes, they've laid their first brick. And I do feel that it is our responsibility to to lay the second one. And then the third generation to lay the third one. And that's how you build a legacy. And so with my daughter, it was very important that we speak Spanish to her. Because one of the things that I would find so irritating is when a Latina would approach another Latina and act like they did not know what they were saying. (laughs) I'm I'm guilty of that. Yeah, I can't. I would take my mom to McDonald's to get a coffee and she'd be like, oh, my don't cafe senior. And they'd be like, I'm sorry, what? And I'm like, really, really? Come on. <laughs> and even when I see other people, you know, other ladies going to a restaurant asking for things in Spanish because the girl is clearly Hispanic. <laughs> and they're like, sorry, I don't understand. Like, that's such a pet peeve. And I feel like it's our duty to embrace the language, not just because it's our culture, but also because it's empowering to be able to code switch and, and Spanglish especially has become its own like Creole. And so yeah. with my daughter, it's, we were very, very adamant about speaking Spanish to her. Uh, obviously because I speak English, she speaks English too, but she spends a lot of time with my parents. And then at home, we, we make an effort to speak Spanish. She literally makes an effort to speak Spanish because she sees the value. And even at school, she loves that she's able to translate for others that she's able to communicate with adults. 
So there's something really empowering about, you know, speaking both languages. So those are, that's the difference. You know, my parents did speak English to me, I mean, uh, Spanish at home to me, but no, actually they had said to speak English at home so that they could learn English. But one of the cool things that they would do is they'd have me read the newspaper in Spanish out loud, La Opinión. Wow. I would sit and read the newspaper out loud. And then they'd also have me write letters to my cousins in El Salvador in Spanish. So there was definitely that effort, now that I'm thinking back, of embracing both languages and not losing one. Yeah. Um, I think more than anything, I feel like they really wanted to push the American culture, but I, I see how in their own way they were still nurturing yeah. our, our Latino culture. That is so that is so amazing um, because I feel that sometimes people leave their country, but they don't actually leave. Um, that sometimes they they don't necessarily like want to embrace the culture of the place where they move. And I I love that your parents did that, that they because obviously like for the first four years four years of your life, it was like mostly Spanish. And then they were like, oh no, like maybe we should do this, like. Uh, we should turn things around and like actually try to um, fit in the culture that or the country that we're living in right now. Right. Mm -hmm. I just yeah. Think. It can be difficult because, you know, they're experiencing the difficulty of not speaking the language, right. They're adults, they're in the workforce. And so they didn't really know the language that well. I remember them going to English school. I remember them watching the videos at home to learn English. So I can see why, They felt like just do English so that your life is a lot easier, you know, and that's the beauty of, of parents is that they really do try their best, whether it works out or not. But, you know, I think still holding on to your roots and your culture in any small way that you can is so valuable. You know, it's really, really valuable. And I feel that it's like uh, bringing a little piece of yourself into somewhere else, you know, like there's mm -hmm. only there's only so many pupusas that you can give to people, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and I think, I, I feel that that is uh, amazing just to be able to share like things like culture and food, um, for example, that for us Latinos, like food is so important because like everything revolves around food, like all family reunions are around food. And yeah, I just, I just find that it's amazing. <laughs> it's really, it really, really is. And You know, I noticed my pull, like I said, I went to school, I went to college. I never really acknowledged culture outside of home. Like culture was for home and for family. But when I started teaching, I realized that I gravitated to a predominantly Latino community, even though a part of me felt like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to relate fully, Yeah. but that's what my, my community is 90% Latino that I teach. And I love it. I love it so much because I think I can be a representation of that that duality of both cultures, both languages are multiple, you know, some of us are three cultures, some of us are two, four. So just bring it all in is what makes America so beautiful. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> so you're very proud of being a Latina and you feel very empowered by that. So I want to know what inspired, like how has being a Latina like inspired you to create your business? So initially, um, it wasn't even necessarily Latina. So I started my coaching business doing health and fitness. Mm -hmm. And so I had a mix of people that would come to me, but predominantly it was Latinas. Yeah. And as I started coaching the women, I realized we do it different. Our bodies are different. We don't, 
we can't really subscribe to the diet that's out there for losing weight and being fit. We don't really subscribe to the, the same workouts, you know, that, that are predominant in this field. Latinas love food. We love, <laughs> yes, we love cafe and we love fun. Sit. <laughs> my, one of my friends is going to love this. <laughs> Because she says that um, her her brain like force us uh, forever excel, <laughs> but we want to be fit, but we can't because we yeah. just want food. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I started to realize, you know, the the sustainability isn't there when you're trying to go against biology. We are thick, we are curvy, you know, and we have that confidence. But sometimes the the lack of confidence comes from the lack of control. If we're not controlling our diet, if we're not controlling our fitness, then we feel sloppy, unattractive and all those things. And so I really do value fitness. I value health. I think that is the ultimate form of self-love. But I also noticed, you know, in our culture, we cannot take out the pupusas. We can't take out the palas. We're not going to stop eating tacos. You know, we're not going to have cafe. We're not going to stop having cafe all day. And we're going to eat conchas every morning. Like that's just who we are. And so I started to create a program that fit us. So I believe wholeheartedly that our diet is actually very healthy. And I believe moderation is key. And I believe there's so much joy in food. And this is what makes you want to continue to take care of yourself is when you know that all parts of you are being celebrated, your culture can be celebrated through your fitness, you know, so like, it's all about portioning. It's all about knowing the foods that work at what time of day. It's all about knowing where your food is going on your body. And so my, the program that I created when I realized Latinas just do it differently was CCC, confident, curvy, committed. We're curvy and we're going to embrace it. And we're going to stay committed to our health journey. And that's what's going to build our confidence. And that's exactly what has happened. And that's exactly how I've done my fitness. I know my body. I understand my body. I understand that in my culture, we are bottom heavy. We are hippie and you know, it's all good. I can work to create illusions. I can make my waist smaller and that can emphasize my hips and I can make my legs stronger and I can tone my arms. I know how to study my body. I know how to study my client's body. I, I know how to teach them to read their body and to know what their body is craving. I'm not going to say, no, you can't have platanos, frijoles y crema today because that's so unrealistic. You know, they might lose the weight in a month and then it comes right back because they're back eating. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So we can do it all. And so that's what inspired the way that I teach fitness is Latinas just do it differently, you know? And then I recently rebranded and I expanded on my coaching and the focus is definitely Latinas. And so my focus now is Latinas in leadership tapping into our femininity. So that really came about because as Latinas, we are hard. We are fire. We are spicy. We are all the things. <laughs> and so we can use that to our advantage. But I think a lot of Latinas lead in the masculine because either our dads are very masculine and they've taught us to be rough and tough, to not depend on a man. I mean, that's what I was, I was raised yeah. to be tough, to not need any man. And this was from my father, you know, and some women were raised by a really masculine energy driven mother because there wasn't a father. So she had to be the man. Yeah. And so now 
Latinas are suffering the repercussions because we have so much capacity to do a million things. And so statistically, we are opening more businesses than anybody. Like Latinas are startup business all day long, all day long. On top of that, we go to college, we have careers. On top of that, we still want to be married and have a family. On top of that, we take care of all the kids. On top of that, we go visit mom and dad. On top of that, on top of that, on top of that. Like that's just who and how we are. And we're not going to erase that. That's not going to change. We wouldn't be happy if we weren't doing it all. But our life can be a lot more in flow if we tap into our femininity, which I think a lot of us see as weakness. You know, we think femininity for Latinas is just being sexy because we are. But there's more to that. You know, there's the sensitivity, there's the nurturing, there's the love that we're able to give. And a lot of times we see that as weakness because of things that we've witnessed. So my business now has also expanded. We have health, fitness, and then leading in the feminine. So what does it mean when you say, because I know there's um, feminine, like we all have like feminine and masculine sides. Mm -hmm. um, so what does it mean to lean into your feminine and how do you teach this? Well, like you already talked about this, but um, how exactly do you te teach this in your new program, She Roars, to Latinas to just like lean into their feminine? Right. So we have both. Right. And men have both, too. So you'll you'll meet men that are very nurturing. They're very loving. They're very in touch with nature. So we we have both and women do, too. But what, what happens is we lead with the masculine because that's all we've witnessed. And when we have tr when we were ever feminine in any way, when we were very in with our in tune with our emotions, like we cried or we said what we felt, someone told us to stop it. Mm -hmm. Be stronger than that. Don't cry about it. Don't, don't even feel about it. And so we started to be conditioned that all those things were weakness. And so we, we built ourselves up to be like men do. When we do a business, we only have men to model after because they started businesses first. And so we're like, well, if I want a business, what did he do? Oh, he got up at 4 a.m. He created a plan. It was cutthroat. There are no emotions, no feeling. Everyone's just a number. Okay, I'm going to do that too. And so we, we do that. Now we need some of that, but we don't lead with that. When a woman leads with her feminine, she follows what feels good to her. So she doesn't burn herself out. She's not out of her comfort zone. Even when it is uncomfortable, it's still in flow. And it's a decision that she's making. Like, oh, I don't want to show up on, on camera. I'm so embarrassed. But this feels like something I should do. I'm going to do it. And she does it with all the power and all the strength because she started with the feminine. And so what happens is when we feel into things first, that's where our decision comes. And then the masculine supports the feminine. So I say, I feel like I want to start a business. And then I console and I share with my masculine side. And I say, how do you think we should do it? Because masculine is the doer. The feminine is the inner work the inner feels. And so the masculine has all the ideas and he says, here's what we're going to do. And then boom, he'll connect me with someone that just, I run into, or I get these ideas or I start Googling and I find drafts and templates and things of what to do. And so we work together, but when we just do things in the masculine, he's happy because he's doing it all. He's in his element. And we feel tired, exhausted, burnt out. We're gaining weight. 
we're getting anxiety, we're feeling depressed, we feel not good enough because we aren't being addressed. He's leading the way. So in the inner world, when she says what she wants and he supports, now there's flow. Now there's success. Now everything feels good. Now what other people do, whether they like it or they don't, it doesn't matter because this felt good to me to do. And so there's so much power in that. There is. Oh my God. That is so amazing. I, I definitely lead with my masculine a lot. (laughs) Yeah, girl. (laughs) Um, But I think like we all do because like, of again, like how we were raised and I was raised by a single mother. So my masculine is very, very, very dominant. So I usually have to remind myself of, of leading with the feminine and like lean more into, Mm -hmm. into that. Mm -hmm. And I, I love, I love that you're teaching this to Latinas, especially because like, as you said, we're spicy, we're, we're just the way we are. And I was talking about this to a friend today. I was like, I, I like to get shit done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like to get shit done. And when she's not done, you know, like I go crazy and mm-hmm. in that, um, that reflects a lot, like in my work and my life. Mm-hmm. So yeah it's because again like I lean I lean too much into my masculine yeah (laughs) because that's what we know so and that's what feels comfortable because it's familiar but in the end it doesn't feel the best it's not always the most pleasing and so with feminine energy it's all just leaning back and receiving we're receivers which means there's so much out there that wants to give to us but we won't take it because we got this I can do it. And I think with Latinas, this also affects our relationships with men because we tend to emasculate men because we feel we can do the same, if not more and better, and we don't need you. And that is not true. We need need more. I was going to say that uh, Latino, Latinx culture is like, it's very, very traditional in that way, which is why, um, um, I admire your job so much because I love when women, especially Latinas, like become leaders in their industry because we can bring like skills and like new perspectives, but we also feel that we have to do everything that like our male like counterparts are doing, which is not true. Right. Yeah, <laughs> it's not. So we can definitely collaborate and there's room for everyone. And, you know, we'll get so much more done if we allow men to do what they need to do. And we do what we need to do. And it's, there's harmony there. But when we burn ourselves out, it shows in the home. You know, we can't lead in our home if there isn't that duality, right? We can't lead our home in the best way possible because we're exhausted. So I worked all day and now I don't want to spend time with the kids. That's not cool. I worked all day. So now I don't want to spend time with my husband. That's not cool. You know, Latinos really believe in family first. And so do I. So do I, there's nothing antiquated and there's nothing old school about wanting to be a a lean back wife or a lean back woman. It doesn't take your power away. If you allow a man to lead you, your man that you chose that you said yes to (laughs) now you're going backwards. So I really believe in family first. And I really believe in, you know, embracing all the powers. I guess that's what you teach in inside She Roars. Like, how do you ex- structure that program for your clients? Yeah. So She Roars is a five-week program. And the first one is fierce femininity. Mm-hmm. There's, some, I really want us to realize that our power lies in our femininity. That feeling is not weak. That crying is not weak. That being in your feels is not a bad thing. 
you know, that embracing all of the feelings is not a bad thing. Um, that leaning back is not weakness. It doesn't mean like, oh, you're not getting things done. It means you trust yourself and you trust that God and the universe and everything is working in your favor. There's a lot of strength and not freaking out. There's a lot of strength and not, you know, having anxiety. So fierce femininity and then relationship recovery, which is a lot of relationships that have been damaged because we as women don't know our role. We are doing both roles. And so this is where the man feels like, well, then why am I here? There's like nothing for me here. You don't need me. And men want to be needed. Men want to be respected. Then there's um, fields of femininity. So how to tap into your feminine and it's really just getting in touch with you, sitting with you, sitting with pain, sitting with joy, sitting with sadness, sitting with anger, just sitting with it and not being afraid to be in pain, not being afraid to be sad, not being afraid to be happy or celebrate. Women struggle to celebrate themselves. They're like, it's, it's boasting or people are going to think that I'm bragging. That's a feeling. You're excited. Share it. Why do we have to hold back? Um, then there's uh, managing your moods. So we have a lot of moods because we have a lot of hormones and that's just who and how we are and it's okay, but you just have to know how to manage them. And that's part of emotional intelligence, just really knowing what your emotions are and why you feel the way that you do. And then how do I want to respond? And then the last one is receiving women struggle to receive. Mm -hmm. We struggle to receive a compliment, right? Que bonita. No, tú. just say, thank you. Yeah. Receive the compliment. You know, a man wants to open a door. You're like, I got it. Let him open the door. A man says, ooh, chula. And we're like, hey, pig. <laughs> we could say, gracias, and keep walking. And so when we learn to receive in the small, we're for sure going to learn to receive in the big. I love that. Well, if anyone's interested, I know that this round, uh, the doors for this round closes in three days so probably when this episode is going to go live um you guys are going to have to join the wait list if you want to work with brenda and yes if you really want to tap in and you're like oh my gosh do i really have another power within because we do and it's like a suppressed hidden power and so if you want to tap in definitely hit me up <laughs> perfect well you you guys know where uh brenda is i'm gonna leave all the links and everything in the in the show notes um below so make sure you check her out and um i just want to wrap it up a little bit over here and uh, the last question that i have for you is are you planning to travel and if you are where are you traveling next so i do love to travel i've been to europe i've been i love caribbean anything that has to do with i mean hello <laughs> Anything that's beach and anything that's, you know, palm trees and sunshine and bikinis, I'm all there. So the next, I love Cabo. Mm -hmm. I love Cancun. I love Hawaii. So now that it's summer, those are the three spots that I'm like, okay, my next one. But for sure in September, I'll be going to Puerto Rico because I'm officiating a wedding. I also officiate weddings. <laughs> <laughs> so many things. I love it. <laughs> yeah, so I'll be in Puerto Rico in September. Oh, amazing. And just to finish up a little bit over here, um, where can people find you? So Instagram is my portal. Um, so at Her Society by B. And I also have a Facebook group, Her Society by Brenda Vanegas. And I'm live every single day in the group. So you get a lot of free content, a lot of free insights. Um, and so the group is growing. I started it about a month ago. And there's 38 members now. 
So you are more than welcome to be there to contribute, to celebrate, um, to just love and embrace your Latina culture and to love and embrace your femininity. Well, for all my Latina friends uh, listening to this right now, I will definitely leave her uh, her link for her Instagram. Please do hit, hit her up. She is amazing. And her Facebook group. And yeah, again, like I just want to thank you so much for coming in and for uh, deciding to spend your time with me. And I love having this conversation with you. Yeah, this is really awesome. It definitely took me down memory lane. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Okay, well, thank you so much for coming to the show, Brenda, and uh, we will connect um, again later. And that was it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Spanglish show. And if you're enjoying these conversations, make sure to leave a comment or a review. So until next time.